Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. Radio Red in the house. We have two of our three guests, and the third one is just joining us from Ireland. Connor Hogan, welcome. We haven't started yet, but you're here. He didn't have an ice storm this time. He's late, but he's here. So I'm going to start the show. We are everybody wave hello to LinkedIn, wave hello to Facebook. We recently started streaming this on my LinkedIn channel, and I thought I would give my business listeners, because I have dozens and dozens of business series, give them a treat by showing them my alter ego a.k.a. Radio Red. So that's why we're here. So let me just tell you all, I need you all to put your finger up in the L shape, please, before we start the show. Connor, put your finger hand up, L. And we're going to say on the count of three, hello and get well to LLL. Here we go. One, two, three. Hello, hello and, and get, get well, well to LLL. Connor, did you say it too? I didn't hear you. Connor, your vo- your audio is not working. We don't have your audio. You got it. You're speaking and nothing's happening. So work on your audio. So this is Read My Lips Radio. Happy to be here. I have three wonderful guests as soon as we get Connor's audio up. Today is Pisces. We're in uh, kind of the middle of Pisces. Anybody on my show Pisces tonight? Ida or Francesca? Connor, you a Pisces? You can nod yes or no. Nope. Connor is not. We have no audio. Josh, if you have any suggestions for him, because his audio shows on Zoom that, let me see. No, your uh, hmm. your audio shows it's up. So you must have some kind of a setting that's not letting you be heard. Pisces, water sign, last constellation of the zodiac, two fish swimming in opposite directions, whoosh, representing constant division of attention between fantasy and reality. But I, I'm going to read the description of the Pisces personality because I think it describes my guests, even though you're not a Pisces. Pisces are emotionally sensitive. Uh-huh. I think all three of you are, right? Uh-huh. Okay. You are, they are gracious, creative, imaginative, emotionally aware, sympathetic. They go to great lengths to ensure the happiness of those around them. Did I describe all of you? Do you think so? Connor, try saying hello again. Nope. We're not getting any audio from you. Connor, if you want to drop off and come back in, your audio is stuck somewhere. So I will let you in when you come in. So today is the 6th of March. This is our first show in the month of March. It is the 65th day of the Gregorian calendar. There are 300 days left in 2023, and this is the 10th Monday. In case anybody cares, the Gregorian calendar was introduced in 1582 by Pope Gregory Thirteenth as a modification and replacement for the Julian calendar. And I like to say one of our original creatives, not the first, not the only, I call him Greg, Gregor, or Greggy. I don't, I don't know what his mommy called him, but she probably didn't know at the time. Hey, he's a pope, but he's a guy. He had to have a mom somewhere, right? He became very creative. He said, I'm going to change that old Julian calendar. Why not? And he did. So I think that was really, really cool. So let me tell you who my guests are. We're waiting for Connor to come back, but I'm assuming he will join again. Uh, and then I'll tell you my David Byrne story. I'm welcoming three lifelong creatives today. That's what I'm calling three of you. But In honor of Ida, I'm calling this episode, Read My Lips, Hands-On Creativity, okay? I try to pick one feature of one of my guests. I, I love you all. But so Ida Murad 
is an Arab U.S.-based impact artist. I've never heard of an impact artist. When we get around to her bio, she will tell us what that is. She paints with her fingers. That's why I called it hands-on creativity. Due to rheumatoid arthritis, she has sold out 10 of her art collections. She's featured in many collections around the world. And she is the first Georgetown University artist-in-residence to create healing art for the Lombardi Comprehensive Cancer Center. Ida, I'm so pleased to have you. And if anybody's watching us on LinkedIn or Facebook, this is one of her paintings, her fabulous artwork behind her. Just absolutely luscious. It's just luscious, the purples and the pinks and the whites. I feel like I'm up in a special kind of a cloud. (laughs) And I want to thank Grace McCormick for sending Ida to us. So thank you, Grace. She said, I have a good one for you. And here you are. We also have Francesca Maria. Hello, Francesca. She, oh my goodness, she just didn't do anything as a kid, but she started writing horror stories at age six. So I think she was an early creative too. Just knocking around, hey, I'm a kid, I'm six years old. I think I'll write a horror story. Okay. Uh, She is the former co-owner of the Black Cat Comics Bookstore. She's going to talk about that. And she is the creator writer and co-publisher of the Black Cat Chronicles True Horror Comic Book Series. Francesca, welcome. So happy to have you here. And we can't figure out where Connor is. And if he joins back, I'll just tell you that Connor Hogan grew up in Ireland in a farming and entrepreneurial family. He experienced a sports injury and had to get, drop out of sports at the age of 20 with chronic pain. And he found solutions through the brain, mind. I mean, here's the brain, here's the mind and body connections. And now he helps individuals and organizations facilitate higher performance. That's what he does. So I'm hoping this is the second time we've tried to get him on the show. So read my lips, hands on creativity. Ida, and her name's first name is spelled A-I-D-A, but she asked me to pronounce it Ida, and I think I can do that. You can say it any way you want. She is calling in from the middle of the night, 3 a.m. from Jordan. You may be the first person ever on the show. I've had people from all over the world, but never from Jordan. So Ida, I'm putting you on full screen speaker view so everybody can see how gorgeous you are in your painting. And I'd love for you to spend three minutes Tell us all about yourself, because I just gave a little teeny Mm -hmm. slice of your bio. So tell us who you are and when did creativity in the form of painting, whatever you do, enter your life. Ida, welcome. Thank you, Radio Red, for having me. Uh, My, you know, when you smile so much and your face hurts. So that's that's what's happening right now. (laughs) Um, I would say I always love starting with my mission. I I say my mission is to help people feel seen, heard and loved. And I think that's my mission because that's what I really crave myself. Like I really wish I'm seen and heard and loved. And and I try to use art to have people communicate in nonverbal ways where, you know, this, this texture, this color just makes your heart skip a beat and you, and it's not logical. And that's what I find as this tiny miracles in life. So I call myself an impact artist um, because I can't do anything that doesn't have a social good element tagged to it. And I've extended that from, you know, how can I use art to help people love themselves even in their grief and their sadness or in their joy? How can we get people to have more fun? How can we get people to feel more connected to each other? And I think the power of art is limitless. I, I don't think I know the power of art is limitless. It saved my life in many ways, uh, when I, uh, was semi-paralyzed for four and a half years. Um, yeah, I used to be an economist. 
and I turned into an artist. So I really reinvented myself. Uh, and I think anything's possible. So I'll stop there. I can I can go in so many different directions, but well, that's kind I, of the overview. Ida, I want to know a little bit about your style. How do you pick your styles or mm. what kind? Tell us a little bit about the actual art. You told me before that you use acrylics. Yes. Ooh. Just spend another minute. Give us okay. a little more background, please. So I, uh, my favorite quote is man plans and God laughs because every time I've tried to come up with a plan, it goes not according to plan. <laughs> I see Francesca nodding. So I usually paint seven to eight paintings at the same time. It's like, it's like an orchestra happens in my head. And I paint more recently, most of my paintings with my eyes closed. So I don't pick which paint, which colors I'm picking, what theme. Sometimes I have an intention, but really my paintings are about shifting energy. So uh, each painting has about seven to 10 layers. So you're actually getting like almost like seven paintings in one. They've gone through a whole journey. And that is freeing because I never try to push and judge my painting to get ready because I, I never know when it's done it could be seven layers could be 10 could be 15 um it's just a feeling of knowing that this is done and i paint everything with my either my fingers sometimes just uh my thumb uh and more recently my forearm uh my forearms and so that's kind of the overview of it's it's a it's a very embodied practice and an intuitive practice. Thank you very much, Ida. I will tell you, I started painting around three years ago, and I'm not in your league, but I have about 250 paintings that I brought with me from Durham, North Carolina, to my home in Tennessee. And I recently got into collages, and I've been taking some YouTube uh, video lessons on how to create your own collage papers. Mm -hmm. And I'm using tissue paper, I'm using wrapping paper, I'm using even good quality toilet paper, Charmin is good for this, uh, with watercolors and with acrylics, and I like uh, silver acrylic paint and gold splattered around a piece of tissue paper and you let it dry kind of crunchy and you use it as part of a collage and I'm having a ball. So I've expanded, but I started with watercolors and what you're looking at here, my background is one of my early paintings. It's an impression of a city and you can see the see the buildings rising up. Those mm -hmm. are real earrings that I, I took a bunch of earrings that I was missing the mate and I pushed them through the canvas. So these are real pierced earrings with the backs behind the canvas and then when I went to Voice America to start this show their artist put the red lips all over it and then put the text read my lips cool conversations with creatives and that's a, that's a caricature an advertising agency did for me years ago I didn't draw that but that is one of my paintings and this is watercolor people know you can't do watercolors on canvas I said but I am so there you go Ida just delighted to meet you thank you very much Connor's back Connor just say hello can we hear hello. audio Oh, thank goodness. Okay. I already gave your bio, but Francesca is up next. And when we get to you, it'll be three minutes and you'll tell us about yourself. So Francesca Maria, and you come to us through Mickey Mickelson, who is a, a favorite of mine. Because, well, Grace is too. Uh, Grace McCormick and Mickey send me wonderful guests when I have an opening. I met Connor through the Bradley Communications National Publicity Summit several months ago. So I get a lot of my guests from there too. So Francesca, I'm putting you on full screen speaker view. Three minutes or so, regale us. Who are you and what's Black Cat? Am I going to get scared? Welcome. You might. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much, Red, for having me. And, and nice to meet you guys. Um, my name is Francesca Maria. I'm in Central California, born and raised in the Bay Area. 
I'm a horror author, but I'm also a psychic medium, a psychic detective. I do a lot of different things. Um, I started writing at the age of six horror stories, as Red mentioned, because I, I grew up in a haunted house. My, my house growing up, my childhood home, was legitimately haunted. And I don't say that lightly. It was full poltergeist activity. Um, doors opening and closing, lights going on and off, um, footsteps, phantom footsteps around the house, knocking and banging in the walls. I could go on and on. So I was drawn to writing as a way of kind of processing my fears of just trying to make sense of what was going on in my childhood home. And more recently during COVID, I was in a very, like odds all of us were, I was in a very kind of dark place, full of anxiety and fear about what was going to happen. And so I reverted back to that childhood muscle of mm -hmm. writing about my fears. And that's kind of where my, my book came out of. Uh, they, they hide short stories to tell in the dark. It's a collection of short stories that's coming out in April. It's all about my processing of my fears, you know, feeling helplessness and hopelessness. And it's very cathartic when you're able to write the stories, write the characters, and you get to create the ending. Um, when I was a child, I felt very helpless and powerless. Mm -hmm. Now, as an author of, of these scary stories, I get to say how, how the endings are. I get to control the monsters. And it's, it's very healing, and it's been very cathartic for me. Very cool. Tell us about the comic book store you co-owned. I want to hear about that. Sure. Yeah. My husband and I had a store for 19 years called Black Cat Comics in Northern California. Um, it was our love. Uh, we were there every week. Every time there's a new comics out on Wednesday, we were there. We do videos for it. We would um, have an online store. We love talking about Superman and Batman and the modern American mythos and how that's kind of our own Greek mythology that we created here in America. Um, we talk about all the Marvel movies, um, but yeah, it was an absolute dream and we loved it. It was our passion project. What was the demographic of your customers, Francesca? Boys, girls, uh, fluid people, uh, older, younger? I can say that now. What, 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 who did you, to whom did you uh, sell? Mostly older men. Um, so they're what? not, comics are not for kids these days. Most of them are, are written by older folks. Um, and read by older folks. So I would say our average customer was male between 28 and 55, mostly, 75% of them. Wow, interesting. And I accidentally found a movie uh, last uh, over the weekend called We Have a Ghost. And it's about a couple has to downsize. I don't know, for some reason they're going from, Dad, do we have to move again? Yeah, we got to move again. And the realtor sells them a, a really creepy fabulous Victorian house and the ghost is in the walls and he emerges. His name is Ernest. And the movie is about the story of how he died and who he really was. He wasn't Ernest at all. He was wearing a bowling league shirt that said Ernest on it. And the teenage son, the younger son of the couple who bought the house, befriended him. And they were able to capture him on videos. It's a movie. What can I tell you? And it went viral. And people were, they couldn't walk out of their house without reporters and videographers and TV shows. And they were, anyway, it's a very complex story with a Tignataro's in it. She's a scientist who's been trying to prove there really are ghosts. And then she lets them, anyway, blah, 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 a lot of tasers and stuff like that. But it's an interesting movie. If you ever, uh, ever thinking of watching a movie about what you already know, Francesca, you could tell us. You could tell us if they were accurate in, in 
Yes, in the ghost story. Thank you very much, Francesca. Lovely to see you. And then we get to Dr. Connor Hogan. Welcome. It's been a long trip getting you here all the way from Ireland. I hear you walked. Your video looks good. I'm not sure about your audio, but I think you have it now. Connor, would you please uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? All I said was you're from Ireland. You grew up in a family uh, that was in farming and entrepreneurship, that you were injured at the age of 20 and ended up with chronic pain, and you solved it without medical intervention through learning about the brain mind body connection and you help people facilitate higher performance now as a profession did i get it all well i mean yeah absolutely that's the best snapshot ever <laughs> i can go now before my technology goes bad again so no no it's fine that's my two sentence summary now you get to tell us the whole story connor welcome please welcome from ireland we have ireland jordan and california and i'm in tennessee well as global as as international as we get connor i'm putting you on speaker view so everybody can see you yeah. and appreciate you please tell us the real story of who you are go ahead and your well, creativity still, welcome thank you so much it's it's difficult to uh top eight and Francesca's opening there, and uh, it's great to meet you guys. Um, yeah, creativity and uh, with a slant towards what you just emphasized there, my general background is that uh, I was just a sports mad guy, uh, big, tall, strong, athletic guy, grew up and uh, got somehow injured and picked up all these injuries and sicknesses throughout growing up. And then by the age of 20, like you said, that was it. It was like hitting a brick wall. I couldn't play anymore, but I had all these kind of performance attitudes. Um, I had read everything. I wanted to be the best at what I was doing, all of that kind of thing. So like to put it to to some use was the way I, I, it was always in the back of my mind, but I journeyed into teaching and used it and funneled it in that regard. So I ended up teaching what's the equivalent of high school and then um, also elementary school and then journeyed into special education. And that's where, like you said, with your introduction there with regard to the mind, the brain, the body, and all the psychology of, of the whole holistic piece together. That's where it really kind of hit home for me, I suppose, in the last few years of my teaching. And I was finishing my PhD at the time as well, where a lot of, say, for example, people with autism or ADHD and things like this, how it can actually manifest through the body. And so essentially, people didn't know what was wrong with me. Medics, traditional medics didn't know what was wrong with me, but I had scoliosis where the, the spine is twisted. So mm -hmm. if you can imagine getting a, a straight hanger, a, a steel hanger and just straightening it out and then twisting it in your hand. So there's like a 3D S shape curve in people's spines. And so because I was big and tall, I was, I think more kind of like the leaning tower of Pisa when I was playing contact sport. And so I picked up all of these injuries and, and knocks and illnesses and had a body of a maybe a 60 year old when I was 20 or so. But it was essentially going to all the therapists and learning bits and pieces and self-learning and just vowing I could help, if I could help people, if I could help myself, I could help other people. Like. Mm -hmm journeying into this and learning more and just using my creativity to motivate myself and also help myself and then help others in the future. Thank you very much. Tell me a little bit about your family. Uh, you wrote in your bio to me that your family was, you grew up on a farm, but that your mother and father were entrepreneurial. What were they doing? Yeah. Go ahead. Well, it, yeah. So actually it was when I was 12 years of age, I never heard the word entrepreneur. It's, it's kind of different here. The culture is slightly different. So it's not as, uh, it's not as, um obvious word and you know i saw the, all these cards these old-fashioned cards that we have now you know the physical cards not the online cards where they were sent because we essentially changed the land that was representing the farm into actually a, a small golf course and so there was these cards of best wishes and it was like you know things like best wishes on your new venture and uh go well done for your entrepreneurial spirit and stuff like that and so you know my parents when i look back at it they had four 
teenagers in the house and one young adult. And so it was a big thing, really, you know, just to get rid of the cows who were like giving milk and, and giving yield and so on and revenue to actually just depending on the general public to come and play golf. It was the first of its kind in the West of Ireland as well. And so it was all par three, 18 holes. And but it was fun growing up and meeting people in that way. Wow, very interesting. I'm glad I asked. Very, very interesting. We're glad to have you. And I'll tell everybody, Connor was supposed to be here in the end of at the end of 2022 when he had an ice storm. How rude of the ice storm to hit Ireland when you were supposed to be on my show. And here you are in your back, and we're very, very glad you're back. So there you are. Connor, welcome. We'll take pictures again. I took pictures with the two ladies before, but it, after the show, we will. And uh, Connor, just so you know, we are live streaming on Facebook and LinkedIn right now, and you're being seen by a lot of people around the world. So this is the part, I'm, I'm so impressed by the three of you, by your creativity, by thinking literally outside the box in what you want to do with your lives. And and I tell on my shows, I tell people, I don't know about you, but when I popped out of my mom many years ago, it wasn't, there wasn't a handbook or a guidebook that says, well, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, you're going to become this, you're going to, you're going to have read it. What? I wasn't born read it. Come on. Uh, you're going to live here. You're going to move there. You're going to follow this profession. You're going to get this degree. You're going to marry. We're improving our lives, right? Francesca, right, Ida, right, Connor? We're figuring it out as we go along. Life is an improv, but creativity is everything. It's, it's Connor, how you decided to show up today and the background behind you. Ida, it's the picture you picked your first time using a virtual background on a, on a podcast call, on a Zoom call, and you picked that picture. Francesca, it's how you have this gorgeous screen behind you and the name of your book, your book cover there. You're all creating just being on the show. So that's my definition of creativity is just figuring it out who you want to be and how you express that. Before I get too, too uh, philosophical here, I have to tell for Connor and for my audience, and I was telling this to Francesca and Ida before, and Ida again is A-I-D-A, but I'm pronouncing it Ida. I read a, a little bit uh, recently an interview with Talking Heads frontman David Byrne, who was a guest on Stephen Johnson. I don't know who Stephen Johnson is. How Ideas Happen podcast. And David Byrne said... Sometimes you just get a few lines. He's talking about a song, a title. It comes to me. I write it down and I go, expand on that. I think there's something here. And then he puts it away in his computer. And then he'll look for maybe a melody and a nonsense word. And he needs something to start with. He calls it the little beginnings. And the comment was, our minds fizz with fragments of ideas, puzzles to ponder, clues on how to fix a problem. Most of us undervalue that chatter up here. Writers and artists learn to systematically capture these little beginnings. And sometimes he has a, a spark file. Write a note to yourself. Hey, I had that song title a couple months ago. Let me spend 30 minutes on it. So what was interesting to me was that I wanted to watch a show on CBS TV. Today's Monday. This was yesterday. And I was tuning into, quote unquote, the live show that was on the channel. It was CBS, not a streaming channel. And I tuned into 60 minutes, 15 minutes before it was over. And Connor, I told us to the ladies, whom was Anderson Cooper interviewing David Byrne of Talking Heads? 
the one I have been quoting on my radio show for a couple of weeks. I almost fell off the couch. Talk about synchronicity. There we go. So this is the part of the show. I'm getting to it, ladies and gentlemen. Be patient with me, please. I'm so excited to have you here. Ida Murad is sending me a quote. I've asked everybody, send me a quote from a fictional character in a movie, in a TV show, or a song lyric, whatever makes you think about creativity or how creativity impacts your life. And so I've got a little research here. And Ida has sent us a quote from Newton, Artemis, Fido, Newt, Scamander, played by Eddie Redmayne. The movie is Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. It's a film series, 2016 and 22. It was the spinoff prequel to Harry, the Harry Potter novel. And there's a lot here. Anyway, so the quote is interesting. There are no strange creatures, only I'm blinking. Blinkered people. I, that probably didn't come off to especially people listening to us on the Empowerment Jelly. I'm blinking, blinking, only blinkered people. So I'm going to give you three minutes. Ida, please explain what this has to do with your creativity. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I, I, I started with my mission of I want is to help people feel seen, heard, and loved. And I think as a kid, I, or even till now, I feel like I... I'm an outsider, but I also belong. It's not in a bad way. I just feel like I'm an alien walking on this planet. (laughs) I feel like I'm here, but am I supposed to be here? And, you know, I, uh, it's just, it's interesting. I don't know how to quite explain it, but the reason I really relate to that um, quote or that statement is I don't understand how we humans judge things we don't understand and judge them and then put them in a scary box and then make up a story that likely just isn't true. But if we get curious enough, maybe we find, you know, the the cure of like in the movie, there's this thing called, um, I forgot, it's like the deadly or the deadly snake or something like that. I'm making the exact name up, but he got curious about it. And he found that the, the, the deadly snake had the venom, like it's venom was a cure to a disease, but he just figured out how to speak that person's language, that thing's language, that animal's language and got something beautiful. So I really believe everyone has gifts to offer unique gifts. If only we know how to make them feel safe talk to them, be curious, and not to expect them to be like us, because that's where creativity mm-hmm. comes in. And I respect it. It's it, like, we all have different languages and art gives us a place to express them in ways that surprises us. And my favorite question always is, what if life was better than we ever imagined it to be? And I think to answer and dream of that question, you have to have art and you have to have the fundamentals in that quote, which is not judging strange things mm-hmm. and not, being curious. Not being blinkered. That was, yeah. are, you, are you, in addition to being an artist, are you a philosopher and a poet, perhaps? <laughs> Con- Connor and Francesca, didn't that sound like she was reading a prose piece or sharing a prose piece, not reading it? That was lovely. Beautiful. That was lovely. I, I, you're with me. I'm with you. I often feel like, what am I doing here? And am I walking among uh, people who don't get me an alien on this planet? I've had that feeling because I have not followed any particular path that anybody told me to. It just keeps 
happening, grabbing. You grab. I Sometimes I mentor young women uh, professionals, and I'll say to them, if you see the window open, even a half an inch, kick the damn thing open and see what's on the other side because you just don't know. And it you could be something wonderful. There we go. Thank you very much. I'm going to go, and great quote. Thank you. And that was a very thoughtful creativity explanation. Francesca Maria. Is Maria your real last name, or is that a middle name you took for your pen name, may I ask? It, it is. It's my middle name. So my Francesca Maria is my legal name, but my last name is Hidden. Okay, hidden. Francesca Maria Hidden. I'm teasing you. Sorry, give me a bad time there. Hey, sometimes we're literal. So you have sent a quote from Morpheus, played by Tom Sturridge, King of Dreams in the Sandman, American fantasy drama TV series on Netflix 2022. This is from season one, episode three. You didn't think I'd find it, did you? Dream a little dream of me. I try not to sing on the show. It was based on a comic book. There we go. <laughs> written by Neil Gaiman or Gaiman, G-A-I-M-A-N, published by DC Comics. And let's see, produced by DC Entertainment, Warner Brothers, and Story of Dream, Morpheus the Sandman. Okay. Efforts to adapt the film began in 1991, but it went through, and this is on Wikipedia, years of development hell. That is now a phrase, Connor and Ida. Development hell is something that appears on occasionally when they're talking about films or adaptations on Wikipedia. In 2013, Goyer, this is David Goyer, pitched the adaptation to Warner Brothers, and they were going to have Joseph Gordon-Levitt star and direct it. But he said, ah, I've got creative differences. I'm out of here when he left. So they shifted the focus to TV and Netflix signed the deal in 2019. So here's the quote. And I have the whole scene. But the quote is, if dreams disappear, then so will humanity. May I read the scene for a second here, Francesca? Please. Okay. So the Sandman says, your waking world is shaped by dreams, dreams and nightmares that I create in which I must control. And then he turns to Johanna Constantine, played by Jenna Coleman. She's a necromancer and a necromancer and successful occult adventurous for help. And he says, if dreams disappear, then so will humanity. As she sees it, she says, we could do without dreams for a while. I haven't had a decent night's sleep in ages. Francesca, rescue me here. What does this have to do with your creativity? Talk to me. Well, so I've always been a huge fan of Neil Gaiman. Um, I have a shrine in my bookshelf of everything he's ever written. And yeah, Sandman took about 20 years to, to actually come to, to fruition on screen. So that particular quote, I love Sandman. I love Morpheus. For me, creativity is all about the spark. You can't have some creativity unless there's that spark or that dream or that yeah. initial imagination to kind of help you visualize what it is that you want to create. And so it's it's like the muse or the starting point for creativity is having that dream, um, being childlike and allowing that imagination to take you into different places. Um, dreams don't have any limitations. They don't have any boundaries. And that's how I like to approach my creativity is there's no guardrails. You know, whatever I can dream up, I can I can create. And that's always been a really big inspiration for me, especially anything by Neil Gaiman has been a huge inspiration. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. That's something I didn't know about. Now I do. Thank you very much. I love to do my quote research, as you can tell. It, it's uh, something I enjoy. And Connor has picked a quote, very famous quote from the movie The Shawshank Redemption. And this is Ellis Boyd Red Redding, played by the one and only Morgan Freeman, of course. And in the movie, the movie's 1994 American drama film, considered one of the greatest films ever 
made. There you go. Uh, let's see. It's based on, I think we all know this, 1982 Stephen King wrote a novella called Rita Hayworth. Very famous redhead movie star, by the way. Rita Hayworth and Shawshank Redemption. In the story, Tim Robert, Robbins plays banker Andy Dufresne, who is sentenced to life in the penitentiary for murdering his wife and her lover over his protestations of innocence. And there's a money laundering operation led by the warden, and he, as a CPA, is part of that. He befriends the contraband smuggler Red and becomes instrumental in this scam. Uh, the highest rating movie on IMDb, this is, with 9.3 and 2.4 million ratings, the highest of any movie. And would you believe it did very badly in the movie theaters on its first run, Connor? And the reason was that was the summer that Top Gun came out. I'm sorry, Pulp Fiction and Forrest Gump. Nobody liked a prison film. It had no female characters. The title was confusing. It got seven Oscar nominations and it was re-released and it grossed finally $58 million after the re-release. It is one of the top rented films on VHS of 1995 and it's in the U.S. Library of Congress. So here's the famous line. You thought I'd never get to it, Connor. Get busy living or get busy dying. Go ahead. Talk to me. What does this have to do with your creativity? Talk. Well, I think um, I was just thinking actually just as uh, Francesca was speaking, something she said, and, you know, it's it's all about, you know, if you're present, even if things go wrong for you, you're still there, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we can see that in nature, for example, if uh, a plant, you know, here we are from spring, from winter to spring now, we can see like little buds coming in the ground. Here in Ireland, there's bright daffodils and soon they'll be gone. And then you'll have other flowers in their place and that. So I think, you know, when we can't see things or like our vision, we can't see the plant, we can't see the bud coming up. It's still, something is going to happen, right? So if we get busy living, if we just live it, if like like said there, if we dream it, and then we can visualize it and then put the stage, put the action into progress. Worst case scenario, what's going to happen? You're going to fail at whatever. You're going to fail, but guess what? When you fail, you learn, at least you learn, hey, it's like a labyrinth. Don't go that direction. Let's go back to center. Let's go back to the start. Let's go left. Let's go right. Let's go further on. And eventually, at least you'll meet somebody along the way and go, hey, don't go that way. And they'll say, oh, thank you very much. So they might help you the right way or you'll get the right way yourself. So I, I do think like get busy living or, you know, dying represents there, I think, just giving up. I think you can take a break. Um get back to it, resummon the troops, energize again, but certainly get living and be busy at it. Thank you very much. Very thoughtful. I appreciate the work the three of you did finding very interesting quotes. Thank you very much. Now here's a little surprise I didn't prepare you for. I'm going to pick one of your creativity statements from each of you. You don't have to go looking at your notes. I know you, you, you've got them somewhere, but don't worry. I'm going to read it, and I'm going to pick one for Ida. I've got your first here, and I will read it. Just spend two minutes just expanding on this and telling us a little more. You say creativity. This is your number one statement. Creativity is one of my key life sources. It nourishes me in ways nothing else can. And Francesca is nodding. Ida, two minutes. Just tell us a little bit more, please. So interesting. As you were saying that, <clears throat> I just connected to the energy of the state of mind and, and being I enter when I paint. And it's like all of a sudden this orchestra, the symphony also is playing and 
everything just gets quiet. It really, like, the, if peace could turn into a sound and into a feeling, that's how I would describe my experience of creating. And, and it's like nothing is out of place. Everything is where it's supposed to be. And the time, time isn't even a concept, actually. It's just fascinating. And that's what um, I kind of crave to also expand into the rest of my life. But then I also appreciate that we need contrast so I can recognize when I enter that state and when I exit it. But what's beautiful is I can feel that and feel also very grounded. Like this, that this peaceful feeling that I get when I'm in exactly where I'm supposed to be isn't just a dream or some far-fetched something. I, I, I'm very much a, 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 a person who advocates for grounding things in reality. Um, so that's how I would describe or expand on that statement that it is this state of peace, belonging, and groundedness. Thank I, you. And I want to come in on something you said about you you know when a piece of art, a artwork, any creative endeavor, you know when it's not done yet and you know when it's done. I recently invited some ladies I met at a luncheon here in my new community in Tennessee to come to my house. They wanted to know what my art looked like. And so I got out a couple dozen. I put them around the living room. They're not framed. They're just on canvases. And one of the when I took them into, I turned the porch, the sunroom, into an art studio. It's got six windows. I had a Two on one side and four, three on one side, four on the other, and it's not heated. I have a little heater out there, and it's got beautiful light coming in. I put a big table. I have all my paints and my canvases and all my collage stuff. And they said, when somebody said to me, how do you know when a piece is done? And I said, it tells me. Mm. (gasps) Can I... I have some, can I add one more thing yes, to that? Yes, one thing. Okay. We had, an, um, we had a eureka moment. Go ahead, because I want to get to Francesca. Go ahead, Ida. What? It's a dialogue. That's the thing. It is not me who's creating, right? It's it's when you recognize that you are ch- either channeling something or that this, there's an energy that wants to speak back to you and you hold space for it. it that, I'm a self-taught artist, so I don't have the weight of the rules. Yep. I just feel it. So I just wanted to add that. Um, Thank you. And sometimes when I do acrylic paint pouring, things come on my painting that I didn't put there. I once had three elephants marching across a forest and I told people that people said, there's the elephants. I said, but I didn't put them there. They just walked. I once had people (laughs) dancing on a Broadway stage toward the end of COVID. I said, see, COVID's almost, the worst of it is almost over because there's people dancing on a stage in my painting. I didn't put them there. They just walked there. So it's, it's the most interesting thing that it, Anyway, we understand. I'm going saying, Francesca, I'm going to your statement number one. I love this one the best. And by the way, to the audience, I asked my guests not only to send me their bio and their picture and the quote from a fictional character or a song, but four statements about their creativity, what it means to them. And so I pick one from each. So Francesca, I love your number one statement. You say, as a writer, creativity means I get to ask what can I make up today? Oh, talk to me. That was delicious. Go, go ahead. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So I love creating something from nothing. And I love surprising myself. And much like Ida was saying, I kind of get lost in the process of creativity. So when I'm starting a short story, I don't plot things out. 
I don't know what's going to happen. And so I'm learning about it the first time as the reader is. And just when I finish a piece or when I finish a character or when I finish a certain scene, I can sit back and go, wow, that came out of me. That's pretty darn either good or wicked or terrible or where did that come from? And so it's it's such a blessing to be able to like have a blank screen, a blank canvas. And whether it's art, you know, painting with with different colors or words, you you can step back and say, wow, I, I created that out of nothing. And that, that's a very fulfilling feeling. It absolutely is. And sometimes people, well, either you're selling yours and you're exhibiting. I'm not. Mine's just for personal. But I get great satisfaction from hanging my pictures around my home. I had a whole gallery in my garage in Durham. I had a big garage. I'm going to do the same here. Anyway, it's just, it is fulfilling. And it speaks back to you. Yes, absolutely. Connor, I'm going to combine two of your statements because I like them so much. Okay. There you go. Connor, by the way, what time is it in Ireland right now? We didn't ask you. It's almost 1 a.m. Okay, not too bad. Well, it's almost 4 a.m. for Ida in Jordan. So, yeah, so we're doing it. And it's uh, after, late afternoon for Francesca, almost dinner time, right? And I'm heading up to 8 o'clock here on the East Coast. So, Connor, you say creativity is being able to understand and accept what you're good at and bad at. And then you say creativity means you always have another opportunity to create no matter what happened last time. I decided to combine those two. So take your two minutes and talk to me, please. I like those. Well, I'm glad, first of all, that you combined them because I couldn't remember. Actually, <laughs> you weren't supposed to remember. I, I told you I'd read them. Go ahead. So what do you think? Yeah. Well, I think it's just an extension, really, of what I said before with regard to when you hit the wall, when you are in the labyrinth, you're in the maze or whatever, where you don't know where to go next if you fail. If you fail, you learn. Uh, once you take that action, once... Like some of the things that I just said there in Francesca, again, rang a bell with me. I think like what I Ada said there, it touched on me with regard to like flow psychology, this idea of just being in the present moment, creating that art, knowing that, like you said as well, whatever is to come out on the page is meant to be. Yeah. And so if it feels good, let it just go. It's like a great musician who, when we see a symphony together, two or three musicians, they often look at each other. It's like subtle body language and they can kind of go and play a tune and then maybe do a medley and whatever else. And like Francesca said there as well, it just touched with regard to um, just, you know, like it's okay to fail. Creativity is all about being unique. We're all, all the cells in our bodies, even identical twins, they're not exactly the mm -hmm. same. So that means the time you're born, the moment, the minute, you mentioned a horoscope earlier on, whether it's true or not, it doesn't really matter because we're all unique in this point in time. And so... If you're painting a painting, you try to do it or a handcraft and do the exact same thing, the exact same design the next day, it'll be slightly different for whatever mood, for the time, for the uh, the heat in the room and so on. So I think like it's that state of flow. Mm. It's that state of and um, what Francesca touched on it reminded me of this like universal consciousness. I think there is that there. And when you don't have that idea that once you like tap into this kind of universal way this calmness that we all kind of are attracted to as human beings there is ideas out there because like you know we talk about for example chat gbt and what it will do and mm -hmm. it will end this and it will end that there'll be no creativity and there'll be no jobs and all of this but we've had these kind of points in time before even though technology has done a lot in the last 20 or 30 years we've still had big times look at what social media did so there's always a way to reinvent and to re-energize and just to keep going 
you just learn and you pivot and it gives more ideas. Thank you. Thank you all for very, very thoughtful answers. I, that's what I love about this part of the show is we get to, I'm, I'm looking at the expressions, Connor, as you're speaking, Francesca smiling, and Ida saying, yeah, I know about that. And when Ida's speaking, we're all going, uh-huh, 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 especially me about the art. And when, Fran- yeah, so it's, the show is just a party, it's just a talk fest about the idea of creativity. That's my goal here is just to share ideas. It uh, it gets very emotional sometimes because my guests tend to be like the three of you, very thoughtful people. And creatives to me are thinkers. They're doers. They're what's next? What do I get to write next, Francesca? What do I get next to paint next, Ida? With me, it's who, to whom do I get to speak next? Connor, to you, it's who can I help next, right? It's all it's all about the next. What is the next? So listen, talking about the next, I have a bunch of celebrity birthdays. I'm just going to zip through them. But if you know these people, just say something or shout out or applaud or whatever. And then I'm going to give you some surprises. So anybody remember Mickey and Sylvia, the singing duo from way back in the day? Love, love is strange. Don't, you're all too young for that. Anyway, Sylvia Robinson is 87 today. Happy birthday, Sylvia. You all know the Supremes, right? Diana Ross and the Supremes. Well, Mary Wilson was a founding member and she is 79 today. Life moves on. I know, I know. You've all heard of Shaquille O'Neal, of course, right? Seven point seven foot center, a.k.a. Shaq, three-time NBA Finals MVP, 50-time, 15-time All-Star Selection, four-time NBA. Anyway, he's having a birthday today. Anybody know how old Shaq O'Neal is today? Anybody have a guess? Connor, you might know. Take a guess. I'm, I'm just going to go for 50. 51. You're close. Yesterday he was 50. That was good. Okay, Connor, you got that one. There's a little girl who's 11 years old named Mikael, M-Y-K-A-L, Michelle. It's hyphenated. Mikael Michelle Harris. She's a TV actress who has been playing since 2019 a TV show I like called Mixed-ish about a mixed family, uh, a woman of color and a a white man, and and they marry and the children. And it was the... um, the precursor or the prequel after the fact to Blackish, which was a very, very funny TV show starring Tracy Ellis Ross, Diana Ross's daughter, and Anthony Anderson. Very interesting. Anyway, she plays the younger daughter, and what a mouth on her. But what's interesting is she was in a viral video at the age of three admiring Serena Williams before Serena Williams was playing at this eight years ago in the U.S. Open. Chase Manhattan Bank, I assume it's Chase Bank at that time, sent her tickets, I guess, to her parents and said, bring your daughter to the match. And she's going to meet Serena Williams, her idol. And she did. And it was such a big deal, this three-year-old, that Good Morning America had her on, ESPN had her on, the Huffington Post. Everybody invited her to talk about meeting her idol, Serena Williams. I thought that was a pretty cool. She's a delightful little actress. And she was on Little Big Shots as well. Uh, Here we go. Connie Britton. Anybody heard of Connie Britton, the actress? She was in Nashville. She was in Friday Night Lights. Uh, She starred in American Horror Story, Murder House. Francesca looked that up. She played Deborah Newell on Bravo's Dirty John. She starred in Spin City with Michael J. Fox. And I will tell you that she was in season two of The White Lotus. Have any of you seen The White Lotus? Season one, you did? Go watch it. It's it's phenomenal. I couldn't get through the first season, the first set of episodes eight, because it was just too weird. And once I embraced the weirdness, I went back and I binged and I devoured it. So there's a good show for you, The White Lotus, and you'll find out what that is. I have three social media stars who are going to knock your socks off. We have a 27-year-old named Curtis Newbill, and he's on TikTok, and he's a social media comedian who posts skits. 
Connor, this young man only has six million plus fans. I just wanted you to know that with comedy skits. Okay. This is usually a seriously episode at part of the segment of the show. Then we have a young man named Tyler one who's 28 today. He's on Twitch. He's an online gamer and he has live stream on Twitch. His channel in 2018, that was five years ago, was the 10th most watched channel on Twitch. He only has, he's a real failure in life. He only has 4.7 million followers. Okay, I mean, seriously, what's wrong with him? His broadcasts are called League of Legends. I have no idea what they're about, but we, we I was uh, telling a couple of weeks ago on the show, we had somebody who was a slime video creator, content creator, and he had something like 13 million followers. And I said, we're all doing something wrong in life. And then we have somebody called the fabulous, the famous Debo or Debo. It's a man, Eric, Derek Cummings, known as famous Debo or just Debo. His comedy videos on Instagram have a mere 1.3 million followers. If only I know, what can I tell you? I have a couple of events in the movie uh, movie history. I'm sorry, the music industry. 1982, the Go-Go started a six-week run at number one on the U.S. album charts with Beauty and the Beat, and it contained Our Lips Are Sealed and We Got the Beat, We Got the Beat. Yes, the album sold three point, more than three million copies, triple platinum status, one of the most successful debut albums of all time. In 1966, 1965 in the state history was made when Smokey Robinson wrote, my girl made the temptations, the first male Motown act to score. I was uh, the drummer in a Motown band in Durham, North Carolina. Uh, we had 12 pieces in the band, four, four singers and, and eight instruments. And one of our favorite songs to play in our Motown review was my girl, my girl, my girl. I hope I didn't kill that. So that was 65 in 1970, the Beatles compilation album. Hey Jude went gold. In 1975, five years later, Led Zeppelin's physical graffiti album is certified gold. In 1976, The Miracle scored their biggest hit, Love Machine Part One, number one. And let's see what else we've got. And Eric Clapton in the year 2000 was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The first person inducted three times. Does anybody know how he got there three times? Connor or Ida or, okay. He was inducted as a member of the Yardbirds and a member of the band Cream in addition to being on his own. He did it three times. Today, I have a couple of, of uh, very weird holidays for you. Today is the National Day of the Dude. Connor, this is not intended for you, but uh, it's in honor of The Big Lebowski, the movie which started a philosophy, they said, aka a religion called Dudeism, simplicity, peace, happiness, let things go with the flow. Big Lebowski debuted in 1998 on this day. It's National Dress Day. Francesca, are you wearing a dress by any chance? I am. No. Ida, Ida, are you wearing a dress? No, well, it looks like you're wearing a dress from here. So there. Uh, fashion designer Ashley Lauren founded National Dress Day to pay homage to the magical moments when we wear them. And she said, I remember the dresses I wore to my prom, my first job interview, my first date, when I competed in a pageant, and my first red carpet event, and the list goes on. I think I can tell you about the dresses I wore at key moments in my life when girls were still wearing dresses, and I still do. Black dresses, that's all I have in my wardrobe. Today is National Oreo Cookie Day. Oreos were introduced 108 years ago. It's the best-selling cookie in America, and it was started by a food scientist at Nabisco named Sam J. Porcello, okay? Today is National White Chocolate Cheesecake Day. And did you know that white chocolate is not chocolate at all because it doesn't contain any cocoa solids? We'll leave it there. Today is National Frozen Food Day. In 1924, Clarence Birdseye 
invented the quick freeze method. And Ronald Reagan, President Reagan, declared in 1984 this was an official holiday. And if your name is Damien, Shirley, or Brian, today is your day. So find somebody and tell them happy day. Okay, Damien, Shirley, or Brian. They have name days every, yes, I know. Connor, I'm waiting for your day. Connor, you spend your, spell your name with one N. That's unusual. Usually, Connor, is that an Irish spelling? Yeah, it's an Irish spelling. And actually, funny thing about it is, the, the surname is double N, but the funny thing about the, the first name is that I've never actually had it spelt with a double N except for when the smartphones came out. And then it was like every second time. <laughs> Interesting. So much for a name, right? Thank you, Josh. Josh, my engineer says three minutes till close. So before I do my closing, I need about 60 seconds because I do it fast. Let's get a website where you want people to find you. A-I-D-A-M-U-R-A-D. Where do you want people to go, Ida? Uh, A-I-D-A-Idamurad.com, basically. Idamurad.com. Okay. <laughs> my A-I-D-A. Instagram, Murad Murad Ida. M-U-R-A-D-A-I-D-A. Thank you. Francesca Maria, dear, with a hidden last name. Francesca, Francesca. Maria Hidden. We're all going to go look for that. Where's your, what's your website? FrancescaMaria.com. Okay, F-R-A-N-C-E-S-C-A-M-A-R-I-A.com. I'm looking, so I cheated. Dr. Hogan, where can people find you? Well, there's one N, but there's two C's, D-O-C-C-O-N-O-R.com, .connor.com. Spell it all again. Start from the beginning. D-O-C-C-O-N-O-R.com, .connor.com. .connor, D-O-C-C-O-N-O-R, leave the Hogan off.com. Very, very clever. And where are your clients? Are they all over the world or mostly in Ireland, Connor? All over the world, but U.S. is kind of, uh, it's like home via Zoom. So that's pretty cool. Isn't that nice? That is very cool. So I want to say thank you again to Josh, my one name wonder, my engineer, and thank you to Voice America Empowerment for blasting us. And thank you to stick around all of you. I have some closing words here. So bear with me here. I want you to all practice something. I usually wait till the very last one. There's no time. I want you to all join me on the count of three and laugh uncontrollably. One, two, three. <laughs> Connor, Connor, that's a control laugh. That's not a go ahead. One, two, three. Connor. <laughs> all right. That's the best you can do. All right. So here is my closing. Life is short. Break the rules. Don't we all? Forgive quickly. Eh, not so much. Kiss slowly. Trust me. It's the best way to kiss. I've been around long enough to know. Love truly. Here we go. Laugh uncontrollably. Let's do it again. We practice. One, two, three. <laughs> and ne- oh, that was a good one. And never regret anything that made you smile. Here are my final words. Work like you don't need the money because nobody else really cares. It's up to us to figure it out, right? Dance like no one's watching. And when I was teaching disco on top of a Formica table in a high school cafeteria in Eugene, Oregon, in high-heeled shoes, uh, I know 250 people were in the class. I did not fall, but they all watched, trust me. Sing like nobody's listening. I tried not to sing, but I did a little and it wasn't, it didn't hurt anybody. Love like you've never been hurt because we all have. Get over it. Get over yourself. Let your heart grow, right, Connor? And regenerate. Come back and love again, right, Ida? Right, Francesca? Love what you do. Love who you are and find somebody to love. And last but not, oh, and chocolate sings, money talks. And last but not least, and I stole this line from somebody Thank you for turning me on. Radio Red signing off. Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. 
tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week.